this that I haven't seen, that I don't remember seeing here. So welcome to New Life Christian Ministries. And if it's not obvious by now, we love God and we love to worship him. And this is just practice for heaven because I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait. See, we have to dismiss here a little bit. But there's no dismissal in heaven. Like, we just get to always behold him and always be before him and just have that uh, companionship and love that he desires to give us and die to bring for us. Church, say this with me. Lord, ready my mind to hear your word. Give me focus on you, not on people, not on anything else. I rebuke the distractor in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get to it. Your Kingdom Come is the name of this series, and today I'm talking about the children of God. The children of God seek his kingdom and find righteousness, peace, and joy in him. Now, you've heard it said that Everyone is a child of God. You've heard the world claim that, but that's not true at all. Everyone is not a child of God. Everyone is the creation of God, but everyone is a child of God. To be a child of God, you have to be born again. You see, we were born from our parents. We belong to our parents, but there is a God in heaven that desires to be our father. Church, can you say Abba, Father? That means Father God, right? And there's only one way that you get to call God Abba Father, and we'll get to that in a moment. So, Father, I thank you that you're awakening our desire to have a heavenly Father because that is what you offer us. You offer us to become your children, and Lord, I thank you for that. Father, I also pray for those of us that, who do not have parents that represented you. Not everyone had good parents. Not everyone had a, a father that was present. So when you hear about a heavenly father, Lord, sometimes they don't know how to receive that because they haven't had the earthly example of a good father. But I declare in Jesus' name that our father in heaven is a good father. And we declare now that you are going to awaken our desire to call you father, that we might be your children. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about the kingdom of God. And we know that Jesus, he came preaching the kingdom of God. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, it says this. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. Where did he go? Galilee. Galilee. And it says where he preached God's good news. But this is what he said. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So Jesus came to this earth to bring the kingdom of God, but the only way that you can enter into the kingdom of God is that you must first repent. Church, can you say repent? Yeah. To repent means to turn away from your sin. You see, we were all born as sinners. I never sat my kids down in their homeschool and said, okay, Amaya, uh, Drayden, and Dominic, here's how you lie. Here's how you steal. Here's how you, you have bitterness in your heart. Here's how you judge people. Here's how you do this sin and that sin. There was no class that any of us ever went to called sin because it was already within. And that's why the Bible says that we must be. Can you say must be? 
The Bible says that we must be born again. Why? Because our hearts are, are, are wicked and deceitful above all else, and we need a new connection to God. We need new life. And that is why Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God, and he said, repent of your sins. What are sins? Sins are broken commandments. Sins are when we go against God's will and we do our own thing. So he says, repent of that. You need to repent of that, right? We have sinned against God and the Bible, and Jesus came saying, listen, the kingdom of God is here, but first, church, can you say, but first, but first repent. He Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is telling the world to repent. Well, how does he know that we're sinful? Because he knows everything. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So, it's about, so entering the kingdom is about repenting of your sins and believing the good news. And what is the good news? That Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for our sins that we might be born again and be accepted into the family of God. So then what is the kingdom of God? Because that's what he said. The kingdom of God is near. So then what is the kingdom of God? Because listen, all of us have an expiration date here on earth. So unless Jesus Christ come back first, all of us will have some type of funeral. All of us, we have hearts that will stop beating. All of us are dying right now. We're living and dying at the same time, right? And we need somewhere for these souls in these bodies to go. Because once the heart stops beating, your soul has to leave this body. And we need a home. And, the, and God came announcing the kingdom of God, saying, listen, the kingdom of God is here. Because you earthlings, you humans, you die. But there needs to be a place for your soul to go besides hell. Hell is a real and literal place, but don't you worry, not one of you have to go there. Not one of us have to go to hell. Why? Because Jesus came to forgive us of our sins and, and welcome us into the family of God and give us of his kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? Verse Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, okay? It's not a matter of rules or do this or don't do that, but it is of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness. What does that mean? Right with God, right? Repent so that you can be right with God, right? The kingdom of God is also peace, so repent so that you can have peace with God because God's enemies don't have peace with him. Listen to me. Sinners don't have peace with God, right? The wrath of God is going to be poured out against all sinners who did not receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So when the kingdom of God comes near and, and the ticket is Jesus Christ and he says, if you want to be a part of this kingdom, I need you to do something. I need you to repent. How many of you have ever repented before? How many of you have ever repented more than once? Can I get twice? Can I get 50 times? Can I get 100 times? Right? So don't just repent once. Listen, repent and keep on repenting. Why? Because the kingdom of God is near right? You don't ever want to be found outside the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness 
And righteousness is right standing with God. So just as right as Jesus is with God, we have the gift of righteousness where God looks at us and sees the same holiness and righteousness that is in Jesus Christ upon our lives. Why? Because the kingdom of God is near. And if you have righteousness, you have peace with God. You're no longer his enemies. And if you have righteousness and peace, then you have that last thing, which is what? Joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So teenagers, you need to hear that. The world will tell you that joy is going out. Joy is partying. Joy is having a boyfriend or girlfriend. Joy is having the newest Jordans. Joy is having a nice car. But all that stuff fades away. I don't even know if Jordan can dunk anymore. He might be able to. But even his airness, Michael Jordan, I tell you this, he can't dunk from the free throw line anymore. Right? Because our humanity begins to fade away. Some of us can't do the things that we used to do. And so we need to have an entrance into the kingdom of God. So how do you get into the kingdom of God? Listen, you can't join the kingdom of God. You've got to be born into it, right? So how are you born into the kingdom of God? Well, first, you must be able to see the kingdom of God. Let's go to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Church, say this with me. I must. Come on, teenagers as well. Say this with me. I must be born Again. All right. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. So at least he was seeking Jesus out. You must be seeking him out. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So listen, this is not just a, a, a 6'4 African-American pastor standing in a microphone talking loudly saying, you must be born again. This is what Jesus said. So if you open up your Bible, it says that you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. You do not want to be found outside the kingdom of God. So it doesn't matter how good of a life that you think that you've lived. Once you die and if you haven't settled up with Jesus, then the Bible says that there is a place for us that really, should, that really wasn't made for us. Hell was not designed for us. Hell was for the fallen angels, right? But since Adam and Eve uh, ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God said, the day you eat of this tree, you shall surely die, that's, why, that's where dead souls needed to go, right? So the Bible says this, heaven's dimensions have not changed, but hell's has. The Bible says that hell has done what? enlarged itself, right? So listen, hell is not where we want to be. When you die, you need to have been born again. So nothing that Cardi B says, nothing that the movies say, nothing that TikTok says, right? And although, and, and what's happening is this, teenagers and, and adults as well, when you're on social media, the reason it feels good to you is because you're getting a hit of dopamine. Dopamine is a chemical release from your brain that makes you feel good. So when you hear a song and it makes you feel good, that's dopamine. 
When you see an actor or an actress and they're funny in a movie, that's dopamine. When you eat a Snicker bar or a Cupid sandwich, right, the, the, your, your, your brain is releasing dopamine, right? And uh, so that tells me that uh, many of us, and excuse this, but I got to say it, many of us are dopeheads. Because we're addicted to dopamine, right? We just like this reward system of our brain, and we're after this dopamine, right? But the Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. So don't go by what feels good. Come on, hear this, church. Hear this, church. Don't go by what feels good. Go by what is good. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? So he only had natural understanding. So he's like, what does it mean to be born again? Verse 5, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one, come on, please hear this, church. Please, it is only by the grace and mercy of God that you have a pastor in front of you telling you what Jesus said. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can re reproduce only human life. So everybody's not a child of God, but we are a child of someone because we have human life. So Jesus is saying humans can reproduce only human life. But listen to how you're born again. Listen, listen. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Church, say this with me. To be born again is to receive spiritual life. So remember back in the garden when God said that the day you eat of this trot, eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Like, Nod your head. Yes, if you remember that, right? Their bodies didn't drop dead. Their bodies kept living. But what they lost was that spiritual connection to God. And so what being born again means is a return of spiritual life. That Jesus gives us life again in the Father and we become his children. Let's keep this going here. Verse 7. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So then, how do we receive him? And, and, and what happens after we receive him? This is so important because uh, my dad is gone now, my grandmother's, all my grandparents are gone, uh, my aunt is gone. So uh, the older you get, the more people that you love seem to fade away and go away. But they're, but they're going somewhere if they are children of God. So we must become a child of God because, uh, as you can see, the end is near. The, the signs of the end are near all over the world. So let's listen to what the Bible says in John chapter 1. Verses 10 through 13. It's so important. This is what I'm preaching about this morning. It's so important that you all become children of God because the devil has children too. Ooh, I wish I would have included that verse in here, but Jesus was speaking to them and he said, you know what? You are of your father, the devil. So the devil has children too. So who are the devil's children? The devil's children are those who obey him, right? Right? Those who obey the enemy, 
They belong to him and they are his children. But those who obey God are his children. So listen to this. John chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world. This is talking about Jesus. And the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Listen to this good news. Verse 12. Listen. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So my question to all of you this morning is, have you been born again? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, and have you been given a new life, a new identity, a new faith, a new way of living? When you're born again, you change. There's a transformation that happens to you. The power, not only are your sins forgiven, but the power of sin is broken. You are no longer a children of the enemy. You are no longer sinful and have a mind and a heart to sin and a will to sin. You become sons of God. Who are these sons of God? Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17 tell us this. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors or we don't owe anything to the flesh to live according to the flesh. So sometimes you're still going to have sinful desires. But listen to me. You don't owe sin anything anymore, right? The debt of sin has been paid and the power of sin has been broken. You might have desires of sin that rise up in you occasionally, but you don't owe sin anything. Church, say this with me. I don't owe my flesh anything. Your flesh is going to keep crying out for things. You can be saved. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can still have desires that come out of this flesh for sinful things. But I'm here to tell you, you don't owe the flesh anything. The sin nature has been destroyed in us. Man, this is good news, and it's all true. The sin nature has been destroyed in us. Verse 13, here's what happens if we keep following after that sinful nature. Verse 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, when you see the word flesh in the Bible, it refers back to your sinful nature, back to the Adam, the, the Adam nature that you received from birth, okay? For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. What did that just say? Whoa, slow down. Let me read this again. For if you live according to the flesh, what does that mean? If you live in a way that you obey the demands of your sinful nature, if you follow the enemy as a father, the Bible says this, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So here's how you overcome sin. You overcome sin by the power of the Holy Spirit because you've been born again. Oh my goodness. So this is what happened. When I used to be a sinner, I had to sin because I had no, I had no weapon against sin. I had no power against sin. But church, when you are born again, the sin nature is destroyed inside of you. The Holy Spirit is on board. And when the flesh begins to rise up, when sinful desires and habits begin to rise up in you, it is by the Spirit of God that you can put it to death. Repeat after me. Sinful desire, I command that you die in me in the name of Jesus. 
I promise it will work for you. So if, if, you, if you ever have a desire to, 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 to sin, to, to lust, you know what it feels like when the enemy is coming against you and your flesh is rising up. The Bible says, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. How many of you want to live? Every, every single hand should go up, all right? It's very important that you don't know how to live. It's by the Spirit. Man, so the enemy has been making some of us think that it's by willpower. It's not by willpower. Willpower does not free you from the grips of alcohol addiction. Willpower does not free you from uh, sexual sins that you find on the computer. I've got to be careful because of my audience right now. But willpower doesn't do it for you. But there is a power on the inside of every born-again believer that if you tap into that power, that you can rise up by the Spirit and you can kill that sinful desire inside of you. Listen, listen to how bold this next statement is in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So I know you've seen Maury Povich, and they go to say who's the father, right? And they use a DNA test. Well, the Bible's DNA test to determine whether or not you are a child of God or not is, are you led by his spirit? Did you know that the Holy Spirit leads the children of God? Let me give you some examples. The Holy Spirit will tell you, you know what? Shh, shh, mm -mm, don't say that. Hey, uh -uh, no, don't watch that. No, don't think that. Don't believe that. Don't do that, right? Because the Spirit of God is, is able to lead us and will lead us because we are his children. Listen to verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So listen, when you're born again, you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit serves as your adoption papers, and it enables you, the Holy Spirit enables you to be able to cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. So, so we must be able to see. It's so important that we have eyes that see. Father, I thank you for eyes that see here in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that these are not just religious people. These are not just Sunday saints. They are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and they can see. Church, say this with me. I can see. Father, I thank you that they have spiritual eyes that work. It's so important that you have spiritual eyes that work because we live in a world controlled by a little G God who is a liar and great deceiver. And if you cannot see, then he can trick you. Teenagers, it's so important that you see because, because when I was your age, I would listen to the music of that day. I was listening to Wu-Tang, Biggie, Tupac, Bone Thugs. All these, all these groups, Nirvana, all these groups I was listening to. And what was happening as I listened to this music, it was transforming me to think like they thought. So whatever bone was smoking, I was smoking. 
Whatever Wu-Tang was drinking, I was drinking. It's so important that you be careful what comes into your ears because it's an attack from the enemy to transform you and conform you to him. We've got to be very careful. I know it seems to be the popular thing, but the Bible says that wide is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. Teenagers, I want you to know that it's okay to not fit in. I want you to know that it's okay to be different than everybody else. It's okay to not like the music, to not dress like them. Let them talk about you. They talked about Jesus, right? It's okay for you to stand out in this generation because God needs to use you, teenagers, for his glory as well. Church, let's give God praise for the teenagers that are here this morning. They need to see. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. See how very much our Father loves us. See. See how much our Father loves us. Come on, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. See, this is one of the first things we need to see. We need to see how much the Father loves us. Because the enemy is always coming against us to tell us that we are not loved by God for these particular reasons, right? And, and, I, and I feel the liberty of the Holy Spirit to move around here a little bit. So um, a couple of weeks ago, God told me to come back to weakness. Because the longer that I've been a pastor, uh, I, I, there would be a temptation not to rely on him as much. And he said, I need you to come back to weakness. Come back to weakness. Come back to when you needed me. Come back to where you, you know, that you didn't do anything without me because you didn't even know how to. Come back to weakness. So the last few weeks or so, I've been feeling like I was depressed, like kind of low, like kind of in a rut. And I'm like, God, what is this? And then he finally showed me that I'm bringing you back in into your weakness. And see, there's some things that had, have happened to me in my past when I was a child, when I was a young man, some, some dark things, some tragic things. I've had some, I've had some uh, trauma that happened to me as a young man, right? And I just kind of breezed through it. Like, you know, it, it hurt me. It injured my soul. And it, and it opened up my eyes to perversion. It opened up my eyes to so much more sin that I should know about, right? And God's like, listen, I need you to come back to weakness. Listen, some of you have been raped. Some of you have been molested. Some of your parents told you that they didn't want you and you were no good. God is trying to get us to go back to some of these places in our lives where our brokenness is because we have used other things to lean upon and make us strong. But he's like, no, I want to be your strength. Listen to me, church. Holy Spirit, I just arrest, I arrest everything right now in Jesus' name that is a distraction. I arrest every distraction right now. Satan, I, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You will not bring a distraction in this place. Father, open up our eyes to see our weaknesses, God, so that you might enter in and become our strength at a place called there. Church, can you say there? Some of you have some past hurts. Some of you have some present hurts. There are some future hurts that are going to happen to some of us, but there's a place called there that God wants to take us to. 
I want you to think back about some of those things that have happened to you in your life that hurt you and cut you bad. Some of you have been divorced. Some of you have been evicted from a home. Some of you have lost a car. Some of you have family members, members that don't talk to you anymore. Some of you lost a parent. Some of you lost a child. There is some brokenness in the room right now that God wants to restore, but you've got to be brave enough to come back to weakness. Some of you have committed many sexual sins. Some of you have done some things, uh, you, you've been high, you've been a drug addict, you've been addicted to things, and, and, and we use the world's system sometimes to bring us out of healing, and there's nothing wrong with counseling, and there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, those places that, that, that help a drug addict uh, come out of that stuff, but what I want to talk to you about right now is going back to weakness. Going back to those places in where we are the woman at the well. Going back to those places where we are the man with leprosy that falls in front of Jesus and said, oh my goodness, because here's what happened to some of us. We had leprosy, so what we did is we just always wore long sleeves. We always wore pants. We stayed kind of far away from people so they really couldn't see. But listen, church, God wants you to be vulnerable right now. God wants you to be vulnerable right now. Some of you have some very deep hurts. Some of you were adopted and you feel like, well, why didn't my birth parents want me? Some of you have been through some very tragic situations and circumstances, and God wants to meet you at a place called there. And I had this vision last night as I was talking to a young man. It's like this. Like, God wants to take you by the hand where you are now, at the age you are now, and walk you back to some of those places in your past where you were hurt and you kind of walked away from them. And, and, and you maybe, maybe you call yourself healed because you were able to keep going, but there's something better than healed. There's a word called whole. Come on. Jesus wants to make us whole. See, healed is, I, I, I feel like I can keep moving on. Like, this terrible thing happened to me as a child, but I was able to move on and pick up the pieces. I've got a family now and a job now, and I'm a pastor now and a police officer now. But back there, I was hurt bad. I got hurt bad back here. And just looking at me, you think, oh, he's got it all together. People just looking at you, they will think, well, they've got it all together. But back there, we got hurt real bad. Any witnesses in here? Can anyone raise their hand and say they got some spots in their life that they were hurt real bad and you survived it? And, and, and you might be able to say, I healed from that. But, but I'm trying to tell you that Jesus is saying healed isn't good enough. I want you whole. I want to make you whole. But, 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 but it's kind of, it's I won't say it's scary, it's just kind of nervous because you don't want to open up those doors again. Because behind those doors, some terrible things happen to you. You lost your job, you lost your family, you lost your innocence. And you're like, God, it's been so long, I don't want to go back there. It's like, no, you're not going alone, though. I'm not going to make you go alone. I'm going to be with you. And some of us are mad at God. We're like, well, God, why did you let it happen in the first place if you love me so much? Well, Joseph gives us that explanation when his brothers come looking for grain. Joseph gives us that explanation when he's able to tell them, listen, 
what you meant for my evil, God has meant for my good. What you meant for evil against me, God has meant for my good. So now I'm able to say, okay, God, I, we, we can go in those rooms again. We can go in those places again where I was hurt, I was sinned against, I, my innocence was taken, God. We can go back there because I know that you're going to go with me. And the reason that he needs to make you whole in these spots, in these areas, is because, listen, listen to the reason. It was not God's will that you be broken back there, Okay. But what he's going to do is he's going to turn it around for good. And listen to what else? Listen to why he needs you whole. The reason that he needs you whole is because you are going to meet someone that had that same brokenness as you. And you will be able to testify and say, you know what? This happened to me as a little girl as well. And for years, I struggled with the way I saw myself. For years, I struggled with, could anybody love me? But I want to tell you that when I gave my weakness and brokenness to Jesus, he fixed me in a way that I never thought I could be fixed. And if he did it for me, he's willing to do it for you. Church, I want you to stand, but I want you to stand in weakness. I want you to stand, but I want you to stand and saying, I don't have it all together, even if it looks like I do. Church, I want you to stand and, and I want you to understand this, that his grace is sufficient. I want you to stand, but I want you to stand and saying that, you know, uh, as David said, it was glad that I was, I am glad that I was afflicted. It was, it was good that I was afflicted rather. Church, I want you to stand and I want you to know this, that the enemy can't have your secrets anymore because the enemy torments you in your secrets. The enemy torments you in those things that happened to you when you were a child. The enemy torments you in that divorce. The enemy torments you that your kids were taken away from you because you, could, you weren't in the right position to raise them. He torments you in your weak spot. So that's why God says, I need you to come back to weakness so that I can defend you there. I need you to come back to weakness so I can be your strength. Come on. He wants to be your strength. He says this, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. My strength is made perfect. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, a big part of this is the confession of weakness. A big part of this healing and deliverance is a confession of weakness. So in a moment, I'm going to give you all to say, I'm going to give you the opportunity to say, Lord, I am weak. And I want you to think back over every, every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to reflect back for a moment on some of the worst things that ever happened to you. Because that is where the enemy has set up shop to change your identity. That is where the enemy has set up shop, set up shop to destroy your faith. Listen, listen to what the Lord is telling me right now. Some of you are supposed to be business owners in here, but you're afraid to fail because of what happened to you back there. 
So now do you see the importance of going back to weakness? Because unless you go back to weakness, you can't be strong today and for tomorrow. God's got good plans for every single one of you, but the enemy keeps lying to you at that spot, at that spot called back there. So listen, church, go back with Jesus. Listen, go back with Jesus. I want you to see Jesus there. At every spot on the timeline of your life where tragic events happen to you, where trauma happened to you, divorce, a parent died, a spouse died, all those places of trauma behind you, I want you to see Jesus standing there. See Jesus standing there. And he is the Lord and he is strong and mighty. But first, you must admit to your weakness so that he can be your strength. So if we have any people in here that have been through any traumatic experiences to where you are not whole, I need you to say, Lord, I am weak. Just tell them, Lord, I am weak. Lord, I am weak. Holy Spirit, be with us. I know it's not easy, but it's going to be worth it. Lord, I am weak. Wow. Lord, I I even forgot that happened to me. And these are the exact spots where the tormentor sets up shop. It's like in, in a lot of homes in America, if they've been bankrupted and the house emptied, there's these people called squatters that come and live in those houses. So here's what I'm trying to tell you, that if you had traumatic experiences in your past and you simply just left them, and you left the house empty, you close the door, squatters come in. And squatters are evil spirits. Squatters are tormenting spirits that come to make you feel bad about yourself and what happened to you. But we declare right now in the name of Jesus, every squatter leave. Every squatter leave now in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit and power, we command you leave right now in Jesus' name. We are going to be set free. We are strong and mighty in Christ now. You see, the enemy is such a liar in a low life that he came to hurt a lot of us when we were little kids and we couldn't even defend ourselves. But we are not those kids anymore. We are children of the Most High God now. And we can go back to our past and say, God, I'm kicking the door in on this room now. I know what happened to be behind closed doors, but God, you're here to clean this up. You're here to be my strength, God. Be my strength. Church, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Father, I invite your son Jesus into my weakness, into my trauma, into my heartbreak, into my heartache, into the sin committed against me and the sin I've committed against others. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that not only my present and my future belong to Jesus, but my past as well. All right, Paul's right there. Here's what Jesus just showed me. The reason some of you struggle with alcoholism is because you're not whole. Because some things happened to you back there that you were never made whole from, 
and you've used alcohol as a substitute to lean upon instead of the Lord. This is where many addictions stem from. You were not made whole so that you begin to self-medicate, but don't just look at the addicts of, of, of substances. Some of you are addicted to shopping. Some of you are addicted to other things because you use them as a coping mechanism. But we say this, say this with me, church. I renounce every coping mechanism that I have used to deal with my pain. I invite the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, Yeshua, into my pain and into my past so that he can rule there. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, just lift your hands all over the building. Father, look at these weak ones. We are nothing without you. Father, you know the story of every person with their hands up right now. You know exactly what devastation the enemy brought to their lives. For your word says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But you have come that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. Church, say this simply while your hands are up. I have life and I have it more abundantly. Say more abundantly. Again, more abundantly. Okay, here's what's happening. That life you've got now, you've been born again, and that deals with your future. But more abundantly deals with every aspect of your life. So what, what I want you to see is life, rivers of living water flowing backwards now over the course of your life, washing over every event washing over every trauma. Come on, you need to see it. The rivers of living water. Come on. The rivers of life flowing to your past and knocking away the cobwebs and opening up the dark and allowing the light of God to come in because where there is water, there is life. So let the water just begin to wash over all of you right now. Living water, come wash over you now in the name of Jesus. Your past is clean. The blood of Jesus sanctify you holy and make you clean. He is our strength now. The Lord is the strength. The Lord is our joy and he is the strength of our salvation. All right, last thing. Say this with me. Jesus, you are my strength. I thank you for grace, being sufficient, for that when I am weak, then am I strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise in here. Jesus. Okay, listen. 